0: So excited to talk to Tim. We're going to get to him in a minute. And uh, the things we're going to talk about really, I think, uh, freaky, might make you a little paranoid, probably for good reason. But there is no reason to be paranoid or worried about your safety when you're in your own home. Simply Safe is our sponsor, and they have award winning home security that protects every door and every window with 24 7 professional monitoring around the clock. And unlike any other company, uh, Simply Safe has no No contract, no hidden fees, no fine print. It's $15 a month to protect your home. But if that's not enough, here's what really makes them uh, stand out. When you have your home uh, security triggered and it alerts police police assume it's a false alarm cuz that's usually what it is so it goes to the bottom of the 911 list but not with simply safe because simply safe is the only company that offers video verification technology this is included this is not something that you have to pay extra for they're able to visually confirm that a break-in is happening. That allows police to get to the scene 3.5 times faster, which is 45 minutes to 7 minutes. And just for you, they're giving a huge deal away. simplysafecom slash You'll get a free HD security camera when you order. That's a $100 value or more. They'll have eyes on your home 24-7 video evidence if somebody tries to get in. And the police will be coming to your house quickly. SimplySafe.com com slash glenn that's simply safe slash glenn beck As stands today, journalism is changing and it will never be the same. Thank God. That's a good thing. Except, what is it going to change to? We don't know. At the moment, the mainstream media is toppling and a whole new cast of people is replacing the old guard. Today's guest is proof. He first rose to attention in 2011 when he live streamed the Occupy Wall Street protests. Unlike the high budget, heavily choreographed reporters and, you know, front of whole film crews, he 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 wandered around inside the protests using the new medium. He gave us a view of the inner workings of a chaotic political movement. The reporting earned him a spot on the Time 100 list and won him a short award for best journalist in social media. He's traveled all over the world for various stories. In 2017, he accepted a challenge made by Paul Joseph Watson, who offered to pay travel costs for any journalist willing to investigate the claim that there were Muslim-dominated no-go zones in Sweden. Like many of the people who are dismantling mainstream media, he's kind of a black sheep. He has friends and millions of followers, 6 million per month on YouTube to be exact. He has written for The Guardian, Reuters, The New York Times, NBC, even Al Jazeera English. He was the founding member of Vice News and in 2015 he became the Director of Media Innovation at the TV network Fusion, where he has been tasked with reporting new technology Technology as live streaming aerial drones, mobile software, and hardware, even Google Glass. He has been attacked by the people on both the left and the right, which usually means that what you're saying is important, something that people don't want to hear, something we all need to know. This is my conversation with Tim Poole, Beanie and All. Tim, how's it going? <laughs> Thanks good. for having me. You bet, you bet. How would you describe yourself?
1: I had no idea. Uh, roguelike. Uh, heterodox, uh, anti-authoritarian.
0: What the hell is a heterodox?
1: Like uh, against the orthodoxy. Okay. You know what I mean, so I don't want to say contrarian because that's not true. You know. Um. Although I certainly have contrarian positions, but I think for the most part it's just it's I I I've, I've often reflected on myself like i don't even know what i am i, I didn't go to school maybe that's why you know i, I dropped out of high school within the first couple of months did bri- briefly did a homeschooling thing and then just stopped didn't get a, didn't get a gd didn't go to college
0: so did I, you just educate yourself
1: yeah yeah but um i owe it to my mom i guess she yeah. she was uh homeschooling me and my siblings before we even started preschool
0: so yeah got a head start so you you had um Cause you're, you're not a, you know, when you think of an anarchist now, you just think of somebody, well, dressed all in black, yeah, right? uh, yeah <laughs> uh, who's, you know, just marching in the street and, and usually just a uh, numbskull. It's, it's unfortunate. A, it's yeah. not an anarchist. Yeah. You know, I mean, some of
1: them actually, I, I've actually, I have met some, uh, I was in San Bernardino. I met an actual anarchist with Antifa who denounced the violence and I'm like, then why would you march with these guys? He's like a real anarchist is peaceful. Yeah. And it's about cooperation and, and yeah. things like that, w- whether you're um, market market, you know, forces or your cooperative forces like anarchists do not hit each other, do not hit right. people to right. get their way. You know, that's the that's and an, the antithesis of anarchy,
0: you know, but you are um, against the orthodoxy. You're you're you question the orthodoxy, not necessarily against it. Just question it if you find well, it to be. True, right? Right, right, right. Exactly. That's, what, that's right. why I think contrarian is probably the wrong way to put it. Right. So,
1: you know, when I was younger, I, I was an anarchist skateboarder, very far left. And I what, what pushed me away from all this was violence. Like, these, these I was a teenager and I saw these kids picking fights for no reason. They wanted to fight the jocks. I'm like, why would you start a fight with somebody? They'd yell at people. And I was like, keep me away from that, man. That is not freedom and liberty and and anarchy that is violence and that is authority and that's you imposing your will on others and so then i found myself more of this kind of like um more of a bernie sanders type this is when i was younger um hey we should have more you know bigger government we should have free college we should have all these things i against the orthodoxy but but this was when i was like 17 or 18 okay and then i had this really this really profound moment so i i I i was catholic um, from kindergarten until the end of fifth grade. and then uh, in sixth grade we transferred to, uh, to a public school. So I went to Catholic school. We were my family were, were um, great parishioners. We donated, we fundraised, we were the top selling, you know. And my uh, put it simply, we were disrespected, as it were. And for family economic reasons, we decided to move to public school. And so from there, I immediately became this very atheist man, these conservative pro-life, you know, Mm -hmm. these people are idiots. They're all insane. And Mm -hmm. I had that very typical. And then something happened. I, I was, I've been skateboarding my whole life and I met the skateboarder guy who was prominent in Chicago. And so I was like, whoa, like how cool I get to hang out with this guy. He's like way older and he's really good at skating. And he said, hey man, me me and my friends were going to go jam at my place later. You want to come with? And now I'm all like, yeah, like how cool is this? Hanging (laughs) out with the cool (laughs) kids, right? Right. And then when I get to his apartment, I walk in his room, he's got a picture of Jesus on the wall. And I was like, "You have a picture of Jesus on the wall for Are you, like Christian or something. Think I'm all like tough punk rock. And he goes, no. And then I was like, "What? no, then why do you have Jesus on the wall? And he was like, oh, I just thought it was cool. There's a story about a guy who travels around helping people. And that was like a smack wow. in the face to me. And I was like, maybe I'm misunderstanding people by assuming I know what they think and feel. This guy wasn't Christian. He just says, cool story, right? Like he's a, he's a cool guy. He was like really nice to people. And I'm like, that is, that is, a, that is a good story. He's right. <laughs> and so that was like a big wake up for me as a young person. And I decided and more churches
0: need to do that.
1: Right. Uh, so I, am still, I, I wouldn't call myself an atheist, but that was like a moment for me where I realized I better actually start listening to people. Right. Cause I had all these assumptions about what this meant and who these people were. And that when did that change come? What year? Man, I was like, I think I was 18, you know, so this is 15 years ago. And then from then on, I was more willing to, like, listen. So that's a, that's the funny story uh, I mentioned off podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, I used to work for Greenpeace very briefly. And then I worked for an, another, some other environmental nonprofits. But I remember Greenpeace sent us out in Chicago to go canvas. So I'm one of those guys on the street corner waving to people like, hey, you want to help the environment? Uh-huh. Now, it's been a long time. It's been, like, 13 years. So I could be getting some <laughs> of the, it's It's a, maybe a bit apocryphal at this point. All but. Right. I, I, I vaguely recall them being for cap and trade, right? Government intervention. Yeah. And I remember when I was canvassing the books, there's a bookstore next to me with your book. I think it's been inconvenient, a time. An inconvenient in book.
0: Yeah. Or yeah, inconvenient yeah. book. Yeah.
1: And so I remember like opening up and like reading through it. And it was a very like the free market solutions to mm-hmm. or something. And yeah. I was like, I guess no, he was talking about. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm 20. I'm, I know. It. And I go back yeah, out yeah. and start telling people I have
0: the solution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I thought it was funny that, you know, now here I am. Now here you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, e- e- the uh, the problem, I think, just real quickly on that, is uh, that is the, uh, that's the attitude of too many people. No matter what side they're on is, I just know better. I don't even right, need to read exactly. that. Where, no, no, wait, that's kind of important, you know? If you really, you know, nobody has any credibility with me if you're... Uh, if you're asking for government solutions, but you're not a vegan and you don't agree with nuclear energy.
1: <laughs> you know, uh, I have a friend and I made them cry because they're far left anarchist, real anarchists though, not violent, mm-hmm. denouncing violence, but very, very, you know, so we were having a conversation and I said, basically, my issue with the policies you propose is that you don't care about anyone outside of your community. Mm-hmm. Everything you're proposing would just benefit you. And she was like, no, 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 I want to make the world a better place. And I'm like, you're using a MacBook right now. Look, I under, <laughs> look, no, 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 I'm, I'm not saying you can't have it, but do you recognize that people at the Foxconn labs were walking off the building because the right. conditions were so horrifying? Right. You've got to say no to the MacBook. Right. You can use a computer, but you got to avoid the Foxconn stuff. And, and I said, listen, you're not making the world a better place by giving your resources to a company that has people committing suicide. And what they did, they put nets up to catch the bodies. Mm-hmm. That was their response. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- that conversation led to her crying when I said, the fact that you're willing to support these horrifying circumstances, but here's the thing. I recognize that personally. Right. Right. And uh, it's just, it's, we, we have to work to solve that problem. Right. But I do try to avoid, you know. You don't use Apple products? Oh, I hate Apple. <laughs> yeah, I but, hate but, Apple too. But, but they're look, great products. I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, Foxconn still does Samsung stuff too. So yeah. it's do you want the tool or not? You have to yeah. you have to recognize that Americans are wealthy, wealthy, privileged, and there are people on the wor- around the yeah. world who don't have access to that. It's, what are you
0: going to do about but it? That was one of my uh, funny highlights. I thought of the Occupy Wall Street movement was that they were they were taking down Steve Jobs. They were taking down. No, that's not true the ones I the ones I saw on video yeah. were taking them down and but they were using the products. But but
1: actually it's worse than that. When Steve Jobs died, it was during Occupy, they put up a shrine for him. There there was a Steve and I'm I'm just like I'm, How I'm, is that possible? <laughs> it, it's you look, it's it's not like everyone at Occupy was marching in lockstep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh but some people there that, that guy was a ruthless businessman.
0: He was really he's, bad.
1: He's peak capitalism. Yeah.
0: He, he it, uh brilliant. No, he's, he's, brilliant. He's a the dirty kind of capitalist. Right, right, right. You know, right. Capitalism, capitalism, when it's done right, I think is a charity almost. If you, you know, if you if you know moral sentiments, you know that wealth of nations is just how it works. But moral sentiments shows you what the invisible hand's going to give if you. If you are a society that wants to do good and you're a capitalist who wants to help people, right. how can I help them have an easier life? Oh, I'm going to invent this. Great. I think we'll have some disagreements on capitalism for sure.
1: But you and I? Yeah, but well, I do agree. I think, you know, the core of what capitalism is, the right to private property and to free trade for the individual, very simple, makes a ton of sense, and it w- socialism and communism will never, never work.
0: So yeah. where do we disagree?
1: Um, I lean more towards government regulation. Probably, oh, I am assuming. I don't know actually. I, I just made the assumption based on the global warming, free market solutions, and stuff. I think uh, left unchecked, like laissez-faire capitalism, you end up with you know humans put their resources towards what trigger what what will trigger their dopamine, mm-hmm. and so we have to have. I, I I think a mixed economy makes a lot of sense. Um, I think the U.S. technically leans a little more towards the right in terms of how much taxes go towards government spending. I probably lean a little bit to the left on a lot of, you know, some of these issues, but I'm I'm rather centrist. Mm-hmm. I just think, you know, how much money do we allocate towards curing things like baldness? And is it, <laughs> I, I get it. You right, know, you have right. a right to do it, but it's it, baldness isn't the big concern. It's just kind of mm-hmm. a funny thing to poke at. Right. But I look at um, toxic waste, uh, dead zones in the ocean and things like that. And I absolutely think there can be market solutions to environmental problems. But I think... You know, look, left unchecked, humans are going to make virtual reality games where they can just, I'll try not to be crude, but,
0: you know, pleasure yeah. themselves. Oh, no, I, it's yeah. coming. It, yeah. It's absolutely coming. Um, and I, no pun intended. And I, I uh, you know, what am I, what are you going to do about? What are you going to do about that? And, I, and, and, and this, is the, this is the ethical conundrum that exists within me because the media
1: is the best example mm-hmm. of capitalism going wrong mm-hmm. in that we're at a point now where these companies are in danger. So they, they reach to the bottom of the barrel, which is outrage content. And ideology,
0: and you know what they're lying. And you know what their next reach out for is, the government protection. We have to have government protection because we are a right. valuable bailouts asset. Or, we need bailouts. We need all of that. And,
1: and so, there's already advocacy for government funding. Correct. I
0: mean, there, wasn't there some program where
1: uh, they were funding journalism? I I don't want to get into if I don't know the facts, but I'll I'll, I'll leave that. But yeah, I think th- th- my my big criticism of government, which you probably share, is. It's extremely capitalism is effective in that bad systems die. Mm-hmm. You can't make it work; mm-hmm. you're gone. The problem with communist command economy systems is that they just mandate the expenditure and take the resources from someone else by force. Mm-hmm. And if your system is failing, doesn't matter. You're, you're draining the system, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I recently made this critique about Bernie Sanders. His campaign can't pay his own staff fifteen dollars <laughs> right. an hour. Right. So, what does he do? He, he cuts hours to get the equivalent. Well, here's the problem. His staff said thirty-six k a year wasn't enough to buy food. Did Bernie say, I'll give you more money? No, he said, okay, then don't work Saturdays. So do the same amount of, same work you have to <laughs> do right. in shorter time, work harder, mm-hmm. and, and we're still not going to pay you more. And let some of you go to well, pay some for some people that. are quitting. But so, so he's not going to increase their wages. Mm-hmm. He's, just make, he's just saying, you better get your work done on time. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny to come from Bernie. But the reason I think it's, it, it's a really good example of how socialism doesn't work is mm-hmm. that Bernie doesn't have the input to make the output work. Mm-hmm. The only thing he can do is cut hours.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Welcome to business, Bernie.
0: Right. You know, his ideology just doesn't function. And, and so, he will he will condemn that very act in others. Oh, yeah. While doing yep. it himself.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I, I was a big fan of Bernie in 20 and in 2015, 16, but not particularly for his more far left approaches to like free college. I think that's a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. But it was more so about for one, he opposed the free trade agreements. He's mm-hmm. for secure borders. Mm-hmm. And he has a he I wasn't a flip flopper. I he think, was for secure borders. Oh yeah, in twenty in twenty fifteen, he said open borders is a Koch brothers proposal. We can't have that. And in fact, a few months ago, Bernie Sanders said he was asked, "Would you be for open borders?" He said, "My God, no! There's too many poor people in this world." Bernie said that. Wow. And that's why I don't like him today because I think he's a hypocrite. I think when he goes on stage and says we're going to give health care to you know undocumented immigrants, correct. And, and then everyone and then you've got Julian Castro saying decriminalize border crossings. Mm-hmm. It's tacit open borders. But it's worse than that. These people are advocating for a permanent underclass. Mm-hmm. That, to me, freaks me out. You're, you're saying you're going to have people who aren't citizens mm-hmm. who you won't deport them. What are they going to do? We're gonna, they're going to work under the table. They're going to mm-hmm. get government benefits. Mm-hmm. But I imagine it's a very ivory tower elite position to welcome
0: that. And it's not surprising we, to me. You can't, you can't have... Uh, a welfare state, and open borders. Right, right. <laughs> you, you have to pick one. You want a welfare state, or do you want open borders? But once you open up and say, hey, free food for everybody, where do you right. think everybody in the world who has cancer, and we happen to be the best at curing cancer, where do you think they're going?
1: So you, so you know what? My, my, my conundrum in all this is, for one, love the environment. I'm very much an environmentalist. Like I said, I work for Greenpeace. You get Ocasio-Cortez on the scene. And she proposes this green new deal. Well, when she yep. first did, I was like, "I'm down to hear it. It sounds great." And then what does she propose? Free free college, free health care, guaranteed jobs, income. I'm like, "No, no, 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 Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're you're killing the environmental argument here." So what you know what I uh, what I often say to a lot of my less liberal friends, you know, more conservative types, is if if look if you've got people who don't believe climate change is man made. And you're coming to them and saying they're stupid or wrong. You're not arguing anything. Yes. If you think we need a massive overhaul to save the planet and you, you refuse to accept anything from conservatives, you're not making an argument. Mm-hmm. Perhaps the argument is, what can we both achieve mm-hmm. even if we disagree?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is there perhaps a market, you know, uh, tax incentive program for certain technologies that can bolster business, make the United States more competitive internationally and help, uh, you know, increase environmental awareness and protect the environment? Can we agree on something like that?
0: You don't make it. So, so. So where do we? Uh, so where do we? Where do we go? And 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 let me give you. Um, I'm you know I'm a demon on global warming. I'm the worst guy ever, <laughs> except except my my farm and my ranch are 100 mm-hmm. percent green. Right. Um, I have insulation uh, over the top, new insulation that makes sure that. You can you can live in my house at 20 below zero or 100 degrees, and it's going to stay without any real air conditioning and without any fireplace. I mean, one fireplace, three thousand square feet, and I can keep it at 10 below zero outside. I can keep it at 65 with one fireplace on private jets. Well, I was <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, I'm not saying I'm an environmentalist guy. Private. I'm just saying I care about the environment. Right. I do care about things that I can do. There are some things that I'm, I'm not going to change my ways on, but I can afford the expensive stuff for my house. And by, by, by putting those in my house, I'm helping making them cheaper for other people. I do believe that man is probably involved. There's no way man can't be doing all that we're doing, and it's not affecting it somehow right. or another. Yeah, I agree. I also think you can look at the thermometer and you know, is it going up or down? It's hard to track it beyond 1900 because everything was so bad and I think some of it is screwy now, but we're getting better at tracking it. Predicting it, I have no idea. Right. The climate is always in flux and always changing. But I'm willing to do the things that I think we should do. Uh but I don't agree with the solutions to, well, the, I don't but agree with. the Green with, New
1: Deal is not a solution. I know
0: that. That's the, that's, that's, most <laughs> of it's not a solution. Right, right, right. Exactly. Most of it is about crippling um, the West or keeping the rising economies in poverty, which I think is absolutely right. immoral. I don't,
1: I, I disagree with the first one. I don't think there's an intention among, like, many people in power to say, like, we want to, we want to hurt America. AOC? Well, AOC well, is different, though. Yeah. Okay. Right. She's this far-left socialist type who has this, identity. I mean, look, that that Green New Deal was talking about like racial equity. I'm like, what does that and have to do with the environment? Is none of it. And and I'm I'm deeply offended by that. You know, not like my offense matters to the greater picture, but <laughs> no, no right. I am. I mean, I want um, greener pastures and mm-hmm. bluer skies and all this beauty and everything. Me like I'm sure most people Me do. Too. But when she comes out, all she did was make the environmental movement look ridiculous. And it's and it. And, and then you get environmentalists just backing her for no reason. But you know what? I've I've talked to some prominent progressives and they ask me if I support the Green New Deal. And I say not hers. And they ask me why. And then I ask them, did you read it? And they say no. Mm-hmm. And that's and there we are. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're under the assumption the Green New Deal is going to be this like government investment into solar power. And I'm like, no, it was like free college and free healthcare, which mm-hmm. had nothing to do with the environment. In mm-hmm. fact, if you if we had open borders, if or not even let, let's 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 clarify the open borders thing because I know the left is going to jump and say, oh, they're lying. They're misconstruing. Sure. If you don't criminalize illegal border crossings and then provide government benefits to people to come here, you're incentivizing the behavior. And the U.S. already produces too much carbon. Right. So the last thing we need is more people coming here and increasing the mm-hmm. amount of carbon we're producing. Right. Not only that, but they're not vaccinated. So you've got all these arguments that doesn't don't seem to make sense. I, I think, you know, ultimately, The way I reach out to people who are more conservative on the issue is, look, the government offers you a tax incentive if you buy an electric car. Uh Good. Can we can we do more
0: things like that? But aren't aren't the changes and and I'll give you government regulation has encouraged changes, Mm -hmm. but haven't the changes in the combustion engine now a brand new combustion engine is actually better for the environment than an electric car. Because, is it? Is it? I'm not. Yeah, it is. Uh, the, that's. I, I I can't quote it for right, you right, right now, and we'll look it up. But, but I'm we'll pretty operate, sure. Yeah. Operate on assumption on that the, that's true. Yeah. Um. Uh. And it's you know it's close, but it's still getting better, okay? right? Yeah. Um. And that's just innovation. And I think there's. The, I go back to. The Case for Moral Sentiments, which is, you know, Adam Smith is, who wrote, the you know, um, Wealth of Nations. The first book is Moral Sentiments. And it says, if you're a part of a society that has moral sentiments, good moral sentiments, that can come from just everybody is just in love and everybody somehow or another has just become, you know, Gandhi and Christ all put together. Or there is some system that, has taught them how to be moral, that is really important because that will direct what they build and what they want. I agree. We are asking and needing more and more more regulation and more laws because we're screwing this up. We're not uh, a moral, decent people... uh, I can't say for the most part, well, but we're I, we're I, losing that.
1: I think we're increasingly becoming. Uh, we we agree less
0: on what is, more on what isn't, right? Um. Uh, yes it, and no. I think we're. I think I think we're just becoming morally lazy. Well, I, I look
1: at it this way. Um, you go back to the fifties. where most people are Christian, you yeah. know, um, and so there's very common values, mm-hmm. and it's really easy to trust someone. When, you know, you have very, very similar base values. Correct. Well, things are changing now. I I wouldn't go to Portland.
0: Got, I wouldn't either. But it's got, not because you know, it's Christianity. It's because well, no, no, it's, it's because we don't agree on thou shalt not steal. Right. Thou shalt not kill. Take out thou. Just make it Bob's safety tips. The big 10. <laughs> Give me seven of the 10. We, it doesn't matter who said them anymore. Um it, 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 it they just don't they don't they, don't, they agree. don't
1: agree they believe it is moral to lie yes um i, I say they as in the whatever this uh, more vocal and dominating faction on the left is you know the antifa types the aggressive whatever you want to call them they believe by any means necessary even if it means hurting innocent people they don't care and so we don't agree on what is moral now i certainly don't agree with them and i think that's why you know there's kind of like this weird alignment between centrists Former liberals and conservatives today,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we still agree. You know, at mm-hmm. least we have these base rules, but this group mm-hmm. doesn't have it. They you believe think that's a majority. I here, here's. I don't think the majority of the left hold these views, but I do think the majority of the left is bowing to it, just ignoring it, backing away. I mean, you know, I had a conversation with a boomer who is a lifelong Democrat who told me, "I'm scared by what's happening with immigration." The Democrats aren't doing anything about it. And I can't say anything because I'll be destroyed.
0: So do you think that plays into what? Well, my friends
1: who voted for Bernie felt cheated by the Democrats. And they're not paying attention. They don't care anymore. They're just like, I'm done. It's pointless. And there are other people who are paying attention that I know that feel scared. If they speak up, they'll be called a Nazi. Right. They don't.
0: So what are they going to do? Nothing.
1: They, uh, i it's, Will it's, they vote? Um, independent, probably. So th- th- I'm, I'm talking about an anecdotal group of right, right, right,
0: right. Yeah, I know.
1: You know, it's my personal sphere, and um, my family, lifelong Democrats, and uh, right now they're all going, "What the hell is going on?" You know, we're just. I don't see it. I, I, I have no problem speaking up. Of course, they call me a right wing, even though you're not. I'm. I'm on a lot of a lot of issues, probably around where Obama was. Yeah. And that's, well, that's right wing today to these people. Look at the Democrats, the 2020 Democrats. I mean, we had an article from the New York Times saying the governors are worried because the the 2020 candidates are going so far left. Promising health care to undocumented immigrants is mind blowing to me. Obama promised universal health care at the end of his first term. Couldn't get it done. Yet we've jumped over that.
0: And now we're like, we'll just give health care to everybody. Mm -hmm. And he promised he promised it won't go there. Yeah, it won't go there. We will never do that. You have you have Nancy Pelosi saying in 2008, and I believe this is a pretty accurate quote. The last thing we need are more undocumented uh, citizens. Well, the first of all, they're not citizens if they're undocumented. Mm -hmm. But how did you get from there to here? You know what I think it is?
1: Twitter. I really think, you know, Twitter, all these journalists have become addicted to it. And so they're all writing the same things, and they're listening to these extremist activists. But you know what it is? It's a combination of around the 2010s when Huffington Post, BuzzFeed, and these other blogs started to pop up. They were exploiting human sentiment on Facebook for shares. Outrage generates the most traffic. It's a fact. We know this to be true. So you think about what's going to work in terms of selling content. Orange man bad, right? That's why we're seeing the Trump bump, because scare people, shock them, make them angry. You know, there was a website that uh, I could be getting this wrong. I wanna, uh, you know, I want to make sure I clarify that. But we got a lot of gray
0: zone stuff here.
1: Well, I mean, I say this. I say I say it could be wrong specifically to avoid right. one lawsuits. Yeah. OK. And also just it's been years since I've gone right. over the data. But there was a website right. dedicated to nothing but police brutality on Facebook that cracked like the top thousand websites in the world. Because people on Facebook would see this police brutality video and click share. And that was money, money, money. So they went nuts with it. And it's – you know, you, 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 see these, you see sites like that. You saw the problem of – there was a lot of fake news on the right as well because they were exploiting outrage mm-hmm. with fake news. And then what was left is Vox, BuzzFeed, Huffington Post, these websites that still try and maintain this fringe identitarian ideology for rage, you know for, for clicks. And that's where we're at now. And so what happens is you take millennials who for the past 10 years have been inundated nonstop with stories about privilege and mm-hmm. diversity mm-hmm. and police brutality – and now they live in this crazy world of nonsense where they're like, it's, it's a delusional state. If you ask me, I'll actually give you a real example of, of how this happens. So Facebook created an algorithm that algorithm uh, shows content based on certain criteria, engagement, outrage generates engagement. So BuzzFeed staff, actually, I'll give you a real example. Mike.com. Uh, there was an expose where uh, I believe Tablet Magazine did an expose talking to former employees who said, we have a formula x does y to x like basically this is we write this and it will get shares humans trying to cater to the algorithm which was imperfect sent people into this weird world of chaos but but that's hard to parse through but this this next story isn't youtube created an algorithm parents will give their tablet to a baby and press play on a video and then youtube automatically plays videos that are similar the first videos that people were giving to their kids were, was a song called Finger Family. I don't know if you've ever heard the nursery rhyme. It's like, finger family, finger family. And so you'd see these cartoons of someone singing. Very happy, very normal, very wholesome. People in India seeing an opportunity to generate traffic because, you know, these v- views, these, these videos were getting watched for 30 minutes because the babies can't press buttons. So they started making really low quality versions that started getting twisted and deranged. They wrote programs to create the videos for them. They sought out keywords in the algorithm that were hot and were more likely to be recommended. And all of a sudden, babies were be- were sitting in front of tablets where they would watch the Incredible Hulk dance with Adolf Hitler, while this creepy, muffled voice was singing this very out of tune song, and the parents didn't know their babies were watching it. Good, it was automatic. So YouTube fixed this problem, right? But that story gives you a better view of what human like the the adults are, are getting into mm-hmm. not realizing it right when you look at a video of hitler dancing with the incredible hulk while some indian guy sings into a 1980s <laughs> microphone you're like this is insane it, and right. it, it was like it's and there were different versions of like uh spider-man and elsa doing it we started seeing these really weird videos of spider-man and elsa giving each other injections for because it was yep and this got to the point where you actually had a video in Russia where a father held his daughter down and gave her an injection on camera and it got millions of views because the algorithm didn't know what was actually good content. It only knew, like, it gets a lot of watch time, right? So now think about what we can visibly see as insanity, delusional content where babies are watching just – it was it was like an acid trip.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And now you have to realize the stuff that's being fed on Facebook by BuzzFeed, Vox – It's very, very similar in its derangement, but it's masked. Adults can't see that they're being fed this nightmare reality. And now here we are with the Democrats promising health care to people who aren't citizens, which we can't afford, which makes no sense. But where where does that end? Oh, man. Um, Civil war? Chaos? I mean, look, I'm worried about these babies who were inundated with this nightmarish content that's that's that affects them oh yeah it's the most impressionable years of their lives. Oh, yeah, yeah they're gonna grow up with weird things in their heads these people these millennials who were teenagers late teenagers started getting inundated with this fringe outrage content are now living in this nightmare realm that can't be broken out of because they've spent you know 40 of their life in this world
0: that isn't real okay so 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 uh before we go to the future help me here just talking to a senator just a couple of days ago, and um, very intelligent, very well read, uh, constitutional guy, and uh, we were talking about Google and YouTube and Facebook and everything else, and he said, uh, "He said I'm really torn." He said because I don't want to regulate them out of business. He said because I believe in the free market. He said, but then again, we have to have some safeguards so this kind of stuff doesn't happen. Uh, And I said, well, but they are so fast and things can change so rapidly Mm -hmm. and it's only going to get worse with machine learning. It'll just it'll just happen overnight. And I said, "I, I really believe this election could be deeply affected by just algorithms that they're designing now. Yep. You know, the the creepy line project by the yeah. Harvard professor that is documenting just the way they change the recommended uh videos or by the way Google stacks the news when mm-hmm. you go in and search for something, they can swing independence eighty percent in the other direction.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Out of sight, out of mind. If the only thing you hear is from one side. So you know, I've said this before, and it's it's meant to be a little hyperbolic, but I think if something isn't done, there won't be—Republicans as they are today will cease to exist.
0: By, you know, by when?
1: Uh, I mean, I'm being hyperbolic. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah Within yeah. the next couple elections—I'll uh, look at I'll, I'll give you a good example. Donald Trump, he's the president. A lot of predictions uh, models say he'll win 2020. I think that's a fair point. But Twitter said he breaks the rules. Mm-hmm. He's not allowed to be on the platform, but here's what we're going to do. Twitter said, we're going to put a notice on his tweet if they break the rules. But you know what they're really saying? There's a line in the sand as of today. No one, who ever speaks like the president, will be allowed to use this platform. Well, if you can't use Twitter, which is one of the dominant, you know, spaces for public discourse, then we will never see the rise of someone like Donald Trump ever again.
0: Well, that's, that's Google's stated goal. Facebook has said the same thing internally. The good we can't of, let right? this, yeah. We can't let this kind of stuff happen again. You know, they're they they believe that they are right, and yeah. as no offense, but as progressives usually do, they believe they are the right ones. They have more information, and so I am going to just take progressive steps to get you dummies to go along. That yeah. there is two ways of looking at progressivism. That way, okay, if it is good and we all agree, that's authoritarian that, progressivism. Yes. Yeah. And and I disagree with it. And that's where they are. That's where they are. Yep. I yep. mean there's a there's a a real problem in my opinion that is gonna happen before we even get up to speed to where these companies and I am for the free market, but these companies are getting double dealt by the government. They're getting platform status and they're getting publishing status. So they get all That's the per- a complicated, complicated, problem right. too. But they've got but it, you can't be protected on all fronts and then start to say, you know what? I want to do good in the world. And so I believe this is good. And so I'm going to steer people this way. We're we're talking about companies that will not have. No one will have the protection of the Constitution because the Constitution yep. applies to the government, not to private the, companies. The uh, tyranny is being outsourced. Yes. that's that. I find that nightmarish. So it's
1: funny, you know, you get these woke activists. They'll, they'll be like, here comes Tim to the defense of conservatives. And I'm like, first of all, remember that poem, First They Came For? Yeah. Right. I'm I, I look to the conservatives in this country as doing what conservatives always do. I've heard the arguments. I disagree with a lot of them. But hey, we're all Americans. And the Mm -hmm. point is, we find that compromise. Mm -hmm. The problem now is nothing to do with conservatives. It's a handful of billionaires running unaccountable corporations with government protection. Mm -hmm. Where's the left? I mean, I grew up with liberals saying, corporation bad. And I'm like,
0: I agree. I grew up (laughs) making fun of things like Blade Runner going, please. I work for the corporation. (laughs) Shut up. I've always been there. And for the last ten years, I find myself with a growing number of conservatives, all saying, "Ah, uh, something's really wrong here. Yep, something's really wrong." And you know you know what
1: really what, what really annoys me is I've had a lot of conversations with inaction conservatives. I'll call them because I'm not saying regulation is necessarily you know what has to happen but Mm -hmm. something has to happen yes and there are so many conservatives that say no 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 we should let them do what they want i'm like okay great you'll be banned first i mean your opinions won't exist anymore right you know here's the thing i noticed i was talking to this guy who's a far-left activist he told me he was a centrist he was a socialist (laughs) like socialism is not the center quite literally on the political compass socialism is as far left as can possibly you Mm -hmm. can go And laissez-faire is as far right as you can possibly go. And I'm I'm talking about the compass, not like Uh American cultural standards. And you thought he was in the middle. And so you realize that and you look at someone like, you know, Jack Dorsey or Sundar Sundar Pichai and they think they're in the middle when they're far left. So then they go, OK, so Democrats are far right and communists are far left and socialists, you know, socialist Democrats, (laughs) you know, our democratic socialists Uh are here in the middle. We should we should ban everyone to the right of a Democrat. Uh-huh. That's literally what they're doing,
0: uh-huh.
1: man. I got to say, you know, it's really scaring me too. I, it's my, we're going to derail a little bit, I guess, but I was talking, uh, on the Jack, on the, on the Joe Rogan podcast with Jack Dorsey uh-huh. and right away I said, your rules are biased against conservatives and the look on his face, he didn't realize it. He said, what, what rule? He was genuinely believed his rules weren't. And I said, first of all, the misgendering policy, like I, I understand why you want to protect the trans community. They have very high suicide rates. And I can agree with, uh, you know, I can respect that sentiment, well, you have to realize more than half this country, a substantial majority of this country, even liberals, do not agree with a lot of what's happening in this argument, like um, like transgender uh, women competing against biological women. Right. I'm like lifelong Democrats are concerned about that. When you when you say you're going to ban every conservative because they hold this view, or or, bent, or they have to bend the knee and never express that view, you've got a rule base that's is basically threatening them at any moment. The sword is mm-hmm. Damocles over your head. You can be you kicked off the platform. Now what do we see? In Canada, a trans woman is filed has filed a human rights complaint against a Brazilian uh, waxing salon because the trans woman has male parts and is demanding the female make contact. The law, it is this 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 um professional waxer shut down her business, and we've, I, we've
0: just gone insane. That we that to really, me is crossing we, the line. We are. We are denying reality Yeah. at the same time we're denying an individual right to say, I don't want to participate in that. I don't care if you do it, but I don't want to participate. This right here is
1: like uh, when it came to the the baker in Colorado, whether you should make a custom cake Mm -hmm. for a gay wedding. I've always been like, it's just a cake. You don't have to like my opinion was if you're accepting uh, public infrastructure a tax-paying citizen who helps mm-hmm. contribute to the pipes, to the sidewalks, to mm-hmm. this, to this, pu- to your safety and fire department, mm-hmm. then just make the cake for them, right? Mm-hmm. But I gotta admit, making a cake is is simple. You might disagree with it, but waxing a male's privates is like state enforced, sure. right. <laughs> I can, can, I can. right? So and that's a principle nightmare.
0: I mean, you know, art is so sacred. Well, my father was a cake decorator. I grew up in a bakery, and his. He that was his art. Right. Right. And you're going to force people their art. And, you know, you can define that in many, many ways. What I do to some degree is is an art form. You know, you're, you're doing television, you're whatever. It's an art form. You you can't tell people and force people to do the things that are against what they feel, truly feel
1: this is, this has been so crazy for me because man, I've, I, even in the past few months, I made videos where I said, listen, you know, that gay couple, they're paying taxes. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're reaping the benefits of, of their income in our community mm-hmm. to turn them away because you don't want to write some words on a cake, but writing, but the, the, the issue then becomes, uh, actually, I've got another really great point on this. We're getting now to this, you know, waxing thing in Canada and it's stressing my view on the ethics of whether a business should have to do anything. Mm-hmm. But I, but I, I thought about something similar in that, It's really easy to hold a principle when you don't challenge the line. Mm -hmm. For instance, um, you're familiar with Blackstone's formulation: It is Mm. better that ten guilty persons escape than one innocent suffer. Or, um, so I thought about that and I said, "Okay, would you free ten shoplifters if it meant one innocent person accused of shoplifting would go free?" Mm -hmm. And most people would say, "Oh, of course." Mm -hmm. Would you? Would you free ten child rapists? if it meant one innocent person would go free and then all of a sudden people start questioning blackstone's Mm -hmm. formulation Mm -hmm. because that's 10 people did some nightmarish crime Mm -hmm. and so you know it's easy to hold a principle when your perspective is
0: shoplifting but you you have to it has to remain in place
1: no matter no matter how bad the crime right otherwise this is the well this is the ethical moral conundrum for me because i'm like am i going to be the person to tell that woman she has to touch that man (laughs) No, that's that line is hard.
0: That's hard. We 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 have but we have to respect that people have different viewpoints, different lifestyles, different everything. But there's if if you don't protect the individual right to be themselves and the individual right um, to say, I'm I disagree with that. What do you have? You have you have mom and dad called into the room every time brother and sister are having an argument and then they have to decide. Right. And they sometimes don't make the right decision. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to say, you know what, guys, you're going to have to work it out. You yeah. have to get along because we're all you know, living in the same house. You know, it's really interesting,
1: though, is. Uh, the cake argument, as my as I understand it, is is often misunderstood uh, by liberals. The left? I hate saying liberals because, let's be real, the left is not... But the people on the left think the issue was, he said, get out of my store. When in reality, he said, you can have any cake you want, but you're not going to get me to draw what you want. What's interesting about that is, it's a First Amendment argument. Mm -hmm. I can't be compelled to speak. That's Twitter's argument for banning whoever they want. Twitter's argument is, that speech is coming from Twitter, and we
0: can't be forced to permit it. It's a First Amendment argument. But then they are not a platform... And should not have platform well, protections. But outside of this, right? Yeah.
1: The idea is, why should a baker be forced to speak on behalf of the gay couple, but Twitter not be forced to speak on Correct. behalf of the citizen? It's great. Arbitrary lines, right? It's, 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 man, um, you know, I think it's funny that there are a lot of people who engage in, like, political commentary and debate that think you have to have an answer to everything. And they approach everything as a debate where one either is or isn't, and I'm like, look, I can just flat out say, honestly, I don't know where that line is. It's a hard, it's mm-hmm. a hard ethical, you know, like the pro-choice, pro-life thing for me is one of the hardest ethical mm-hmm. issues I've ever, you know, had to even try and cons- figure out. But we, l- 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 we
0: can go to the, the platform publisher thing, to, you know, to move on from this. But hang on, let me let me stop yep. at abortion. Yeah, but the problem is the problem with this is I am pro-life, but the thing that I have the hardest time doing is at conception, at two weeks, if it's rape, if it's incest, I don't want to be the dad that has to go to my daughter who's just been raped, and so you got to carry that child. However, for me to be consistent, that's what I have to say. But I don't like it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of people that are there. They're like, look, I don't want to get involved in somebody else's life. I don't know all the facts. And so they they will be mushy there. Mm-hmm. But we're not that we're not having that conversation now. We're having the conversation of kill it at any time yeah, right. for any reason, <laughs> even after they're born. I mean, this it's- is, right. Right. So um, we'll we'll jump
1: right into this topic. Uh, I've grown up Democrat, Democrat family, mm-hmm. pro-choice. Mm-hmm. Except we were always like, there's a limit. Right. At, at a certain point, we can't. And so. Safe,
0: safe, rare, and what was the other one? It was like. Available or something. Legal, legal, legal safe, safe, and, and rare. But
1: rare. Yeah. And now uh, I remember seeing the segment on, um, I think her name's M- Michelle Wolf or something. I can't remember mm-hmm. her name. Was that the comedian? She had a show on Netflix mm-hmm. and she was yelling abortions for everyone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You had Lena Dunham say that she wished she had an abortion. And for me, that was kind of like. What what's happening?
0: I saw a, I saw a person in Seattle, an abortion activist, and she was giving a speech in Seattle. And she said, you know. My first abortion was in Seattle and it was my best abortion. <laughs> and I thought you go to a doctor, what? you go to a vet and the vet says, "Ooh, putting your dog down? That was my first. That was my first euthanizing an <laughs> animal. That was the a good best. one. You go to everybody you know and say, this person has deep issues. This is, this is a really good—man, uh, there, there are so many issues to talk about how
1: the mainstream media-supported left is losing their minds. Mm-hmm. Polls show most Americans believe on a limitation at a certain point. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like after the first trimester mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. The way, the way I've always viewed it is I grew up with very—you know, my, my dad was always kind of conservative. My mom was pretty much a hippie. and But we were Democrat, pro-choice, and all that. And it was, you know, my dad saying something like, look— You should never be happy about an abortion. You know, if you're ever with a woman and something, you know, Mm -hmm, you have to be mm -hmm. responsible. And there are certain circumstances where we begrudgingly accept we need the ability to have an abortion. That was the growing up. It was like Mm -hmm. it was really bad. And if you had to do it, you had to. And it was something to be upset about. Mm -hmm. Today, it's a joke. Oh, yeah. People like people wearing shirts that are saying, like, you know, going to go get an abortion or something. But most Americans don't feel that way. So here I am as somebody who is... Always been a moderate, you know, Democrat Mm -hmm. leaning to the Mm -hmm. left of my family saying, yeah, right. Um, For me, I'm pro-choice on libertarian grounds. And it's a very, very complicated ethical position. I am 100 percent within every inch of my body opposed to the death penalty. And that makes it really hard when it comes to pro-life. I believe life begins at conception. I I don't I don't see any way you can argue against that. It's it it is life Mm -hmm. exists. But I also think there's a, a challenge in having the government mandate that one person share their body with another person. Not while recognizing, sure, you can have irresponsible young kids who got themselves in that problem, but you can't have victims of assault. Mm -hmm. who are now being forced by the government. And I don't know whether I should be involved in the moral, ethical and health related decisions of an individual at a governmental level. I want this. I want the cops to go in with guns and, and force this person to do that thing. And so all I can really do is say within me, the only thing I can do is lean towards the more freedom even though I understand there are two lives at stake, mm-hmm. I can't compel someone to provide their body to someone else. I just don't know. I don't know the answer. That's as best as I can do.
0: I would. I would um, see your reasoning um, if it stops at rape or incest.
1: Well, no, not even that. Not even that. Because I, I don't blame the baby for that.
0: I don't blame. No, the- no, no. no. Yeah, I know that. Right. But you're saying I can't. The government can't compel you to have. Um, well, okay, but. The government's not compelling you. Those are your consequences. You know, I stand on the railroad track. (laughs) Well, it's like um, (laughs) I'm going to get mowed over by a train eventually.
1: One of of the challenges with like later term abortion is severe deformity or inviability. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's hard for me to believe the government has the ability to know a one size fits all solution. And here's the bigger ethical conundrum. The data at least I've looked up shows that majority of abortions are for no reason at all. And so it's like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how do you that? that I don't believe there's like a good like compromise to this problem at all. I don't know if there's a solution at all because mm-hmm. you either have
0: there. Well, if you're talking about rape, incest, horrible deformities, you can at least make a case to all reasonable people. Right. To say yeah. no abortions. You can. You could make the case to a moral person, but then it breaks apart when you start to add in the human element of, hey, but we don't know everything that's going exactly. on. Exactly. But the abortion anytime for any reason, I don't see the argument. Now
1: here's the problem though.
0: When it comes to the arguments
1: of rape and incest, how does the government determine it was or wasn't? Right. Is someone lying to get it or and my
0: problem is is the baby isn't responsible. Right. Exactly. This is a tough, tough problem. It is. And,
1: and, and, you know, I I think.
0: But that's but that. The struggle to get to an answer is just as important as the answer, Mm. as long as we're struggling to get to the answer. But I don't think we are. I think we've just abandoned all good faith. Well, whatever this left, leftism, yes. there's not even, a, like, here we are having a
1: conversation trying to figure out the ethics of what is right and what is wrong, right. like normal human beings, and the left is basically saying at any point for any reason, right. and I'm like, wait, wait, hold on, you you are in the other room, we're not, you're not even right. in a conversation, what's right. going on? You know, for me, it comes down to, like, you have a victim of rape, incest, and do you have to then have them present evidence, do they go through some ordeal, or is it, like, between you and your doctor? I just lean towards... Libertarian, I guess. And I don't think I'm right or wrong. I just, uh, I actually think I'm wrong in a lot of ways on it, but I don't know what to do. You know what I mean? So it's, a, it's, I a,
0: think that's where most people are on a lot of big issues. Right. And they just, what they want is an end to this nightmare of calling people names for, you know, you look at identitarians, you've been using that word a lot. And yeah, the identitarian of the, of Europe um is wildly misunderstood in in my in my view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, there are those who are, you know, Nazi nationalists, blah blah blah. But and it's happening here in America, and it's one of the reasons I think Donald Trump won. Not for the Nazi reason that they keep putting out, but maybe in one way because of the Nazi thing. If you believe in your country, if you believe that, you know, this is a good place. You're demonized over in Sweden. Mm-hmm. You're you're a well, racist. If you if you won't fly the EU flag and you want to fly the Swedish flag, that makes people automatically push back and go, you know what? My my identity is important, too. I,
1: I don't think I, I think. Uh, so let me clarify for those of might not understand. Identitarian is identity based government. Yep. Right. So identity meaning in this instance, your race or the races of individuals. So in Europe, you have these groups that are concerned about mass migration mm-hmm. and the displacement of the indigenous population. Mm-hmm. It's actually interesting. They call themselves indigenous rights activists because mm-hmm. white people in France are the indigenous mm-hmm. population. Uh, in the U.S., I don't think, um, just based on the people I've talked to, that
0: white identitarianism was a major factor to Trump's victory. So I'm not talking about uh, I'm not talking about white um, nationalism or whatever? nationalism. Yeah. What I'm talking about are. Is this feeling, and it's always connected to white nationalism, okay, um, by the press and right. by people who are, I think, being insincere or just not well-read, the the idea that my culture—I don't care what color you are—my mm-hmm. culture is important, not to the expense of other cultures. Right, right, right. I don't mind. Come in, and bring the best of yours, and let's blend in. But it's underneath this, the umbrella of America. Yes, yep. and it's and what the problem is is that people are now saying, no, all cultures are equally great. Well, you know what? There's been some bad cultures that have oh, happened, yeah. and I don't care what color it is. Hey, what do you think about the culture of the of Germany in the 1930s and 40s? It sucked. Yeah, right. Okay, <laughs> so so everything is not equal. There may be some great aspects of it. There might be things that you're proud of, but. Why can't? Why do I have to celebrate this? And this is torn down, and well, that's that's the problem. That's the rub that I think people are feeling, and the and many politicians, many groups, uh, and especially the media are exploiting it, or they just don't understand what this well, problem well, is. Well, first
1: I'll clarify that's not identitarianism, right? So identitarianism is, is usually about what your identity is, things you can't control. You know, mm-hmm. be it male, female, white. That just it, valuing American culture,
0: altruism. I don't know what you want to call it. Right. But what is happening and you probably will, I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong on this. What's happening in, for instance, Brexit. I think there are some people that are part of Brexit that are white identitarian. Totally. Okay. But there are also people who are so beaten up and see what's happening to their country and see what's going on, and no one is recognizing them. The power is putting them into this group that they just say, you know what? Nobody is freaking talking about me. Nobody's helping me. Exactly. At least these guys, you know, are not calling me names, and I don't like what they stand for, but they're being pushed into that corner. This is why I think, I I do think, that at at current course the way the left
1: and you know look the 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 left in this country has gone so far off the off the path and it's not my opinion it's the new york times data Mm -hmm. it's it's quartz it's pew it's Gallup. it's the economist i've I've got the charts i show them all the time the media feels safe for whatever reason with this fringe far left identity-based world which i don't understand you know what and that's why the center and the right are kind of you know more aligned and the Mm -hmm. left is the media just thinks it's a safe. They, they've always felt it's safe. I have no idea. But what do you think happens when you have Sarah Jung? Do you, do you know who she is? She's the. She was the on, on Twitter for three years. Oh, yeah. yeah anti-white racist yeah. Mm-hmm. posts. Yes. The New York Times hires her. gives mm-hmm. her a prominent position. Mm-hmm. The alt-right responded by saying, bless the New York Times. I wish we had a thousand more Sarah Jung's." They didn't hate it. They loved it. Mm-hmm. They wanted that because they know the kind of things she was putting out will force white people to to join the... Well, they're hoping white people yeah. will then come to the
0: alt-right because... Well, if the alt-right uh, is... Uh, the media is already saying that the, the uh, Trump right... Trump Trump supporters yep. are part of the alt-right. They are not. It right. is a big... There are some people in the alt-right that support Donald Trump. Yep. But there are very few people that support Donald Trump that support exactly. the alt-right if yep. they know what it is. But because the media says you're all alt-right... Yep. A lot of people just go, well, I guess it can't be that bad. I'm part of the alt-right. That's dangerous. Now that quote's going to get taken out of context because you just said it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I've actually talked to some young people who told me they were, and I was just like, I, you know, I completely disagree where America was not, it's not like, you know, look, it's not a European nation. Mm -hmm. White people didn't come from here. We came to here and there are other people that were here too. And they're like, oh no, I don't care about race. And I'm like, "Wait, wait, what? Do you know what alt-right means? Literally, it's like neo-confederate white nationalism. And they were like, oh. All they ever saw was people they thought were funny being accused of being alt-right and assumed Mm -hmm. alt-right meant like... When Ben
0: Shapiro is alt-right. Oh, my God. (laughs) You know, (laughs) sign me up, I guess. That's not what it is.
1: but But you've got... You know what I think? I think a lot of people on the left are so far left, they look to the right... And they oh, yeah. actually, I'll put it this way. One of the things I, I, I describe is this event that happened in Boston where you had the right and the left. On one side, on the right, you had a guy waving a Confederate flag. On the other side, you had a guy waving a Soviet flag. Hmm. So I was talking to one of the organizers of the protest and I said, you know, I'm sure they would welcome you over there for conversation. And he was like, are you kidding? Look, they're flying a Confederate flag. And I said, oh, that's one guy, though. And they're like, yeah, but they're, he's there with them. They, they support him. And I'm like, no, it doesn't mean they support him. I'm like, you guys are flying a Soviet flag. And he goes, no, we're not. And then I said, look behind you. He didn't realize the flag was behind him. So here's what happens. On the right side, they look over the hill, and they see the big Soviet flag. And they assume everybody over there must be a communist. Yep. They look over on the right, see the Confederate flag. So I think that's, that's kind of a good way to explain what happens when the left is so far left. They look to the right, and the center, they can see the people in the center, but then to the far right, they see the flags and assume it's one group. Mm-hmm. When actually, we're far away from each other. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't, they can't tell the difference. Mm-hmm.
0: switch subjects because i hate to have you here and not go deep on um on tech yeah yeah um china 2020 uh is i think 1984 oh man and america 2020 20 whenever i think is brave new world i think we're headed the same direction And when Peter Thiel, who is not an extremist, says Google should be at least looked into for treason. Wow. I have. Yeah. Wow. And I have a hard time not saying I don't know about treason. It's the it's very specific on what that is, but that's really dangerous what they're doing. You know,
1: I kind of feel like China has a very authoritarian system. Mm-hmm. You do what China needs, like oh, yeah, but that's good for them in the long run, while life may suffer for the individual they I, I think they're on track to just trounce the United States in in a worrisome way we've allowed i mean first of all, I think we have no purpose. The United States millennials mm-hmm. the reason why we're seeing all this fringe ridiculous activism is because no one is there's no mission. you know they did a survey of the u k and the United States about what you want to be when you grow up americans and and Brits said vloggers on youtube chinese had astronauts people in china have a mission they Mm -hmm. want to be great they want to succeed they want to fly their flag people in america just want people to look at them Mm -hmm. and so what happens they go on twitter and they say silly things so that says to me you know if young people today don't care about the, the the strength of our community why would we have one 20 years china will exist it's going to be a crappy place to live in for sure but they're going to have a massive, they're, they're going to have the commanding economy, they're going to have international power.
0: But as somebody who watches the tech world, um, it says something that Google will assist China in some of the most, some of the worst things we've seen since, you know, fascism in the 1930s, yeah. Pol Pot. I mean, they're, they're, they are they, I, brutal. My,
1: I think Google pulled out of the Dragonfly. There's like two things. There's, there's Project Maven, which was a government, I believe was like Chinese military, mm-hmm. in which they're like, oh, we play a small role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? If, if any at all, why should you? Mm-hmm. And this is really scary, actually. So um, I believe they did pull out of Dragonfly, which was censored search. But I'll tell you what's really scary is that Google starts in the United States, built off the back of the United States. They now, I believe, are headquartered in like Dublin, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think happens if. US regu- regular regulators come into Google and say, we want you to stop the meddling. We want you to stop the the search manipulation. Google can say, we make more money in China. Screw you. And then they basically just do what China wants. What are we going to do, go to Ireland, stop them? We can't. So what's scary is the authoritarianism of China will force Google to take action, but Google wants the benefit, so they'll bend the knee. In the United States, it just it's an issue of which is more valuable to Google. Who is Google going to be loyal to if it's an international company at this point? That's scary? Absolutely terrifying. Think about if, uh, you know, the conflict in the South China Sea, which has been brewing for a long time. Oh, yeah. And then China says, listen, Google, we war is bad, right? Why don't you start weighing things down in the U.S.? So U.S. interests. And then all of a sudden people in America are like, China's great. We love China. Right. You search for China. What do you see? It's you all this really beautiful things about mm-hmm. China. And Google saying it's better this way because war is bad. And then China's interests supersede the United States, mm-hmm. so and that's not
0: unrealistic. I think at it's all. probably already happening. <laughs> I do too. I do too. Yeah. So um, the China 2020. What I'm of, what I'm concerned about is we're we're just accepting it here. We're not even really standing up and saying, "Hey, that's a that was an episode of The Black Mirror." Yeah. Um and we're accepting it and it's growing bigger and bigger. Do you see a time where the doors close where where these big corporations have the power and there's just no turning back from it? Absolutely. And you know you know the thing is 100 years ago if the doors closed
1: somebody would come and knock those doors down. You can't. You can't anymore. You know why? As I explained earlier with the algorithms. You won't even know the door is closed. Right. You're, all you're going to see when you open your phone is lollipops and rainbows mm-hmm. and you're going to be like, life is good. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to realize it. Mm-hmm. So it is the matrix. Right, right, right. It's. It's. Here's. I'll tell you what's scary about it. Right. At, at, at a certain level, we can say, you know what? If we can avoid war, that's a good thing, right? Google has the perspective we should stop the bad speech. And eventually there will be no bad speech. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds nice. Right. But here's the thing. As we learned from the YouTube story about Hitler and the Hulk dancing, their algorithms aren't going to lead to what they want, right? So the way the way I can actually explain it is YouTube thought their algorithm would lead people towards funny sitcoms. That's what they had in their mind. They were like, what's a good show? Friends, right? So let's tell the algorithm things like Friends are good. More than 10 minutes. People watch more than 10 minutes. You know, it's got this amount of likes, this amount of views and YouTube instead directed them towards an Indian guy singing into an 80s microphone of Hitler dancing Mm -hmm. because they didn't know the difference. So they're doing this now. They think they're doing the moral good, and they're going to be working. It's going to be this big international thing where it's like, actually, I believe what Jack Dorsey said was we're a global community. They don't view themselves as catering to the American people.
0: I've talked I don't for years, I've talked to some of the people in Silicon Valley, really deep thinkers that... Don't think the same way I do, yeah. um, but they're fascinating to talk talk to because they see the world that is coming and they're designing the world that is coming. They think they are. Yeah, they think they are. Yeah, and they have said to me for years, um, Glenn, you're 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 thinking old world. Um, the we're entering a world where borders won't matter. It's true though. It is. It is. But not in the way that we have ever felt of borders. You know, the way we think of borders, they mean the the corporations uh, have no worry about borders uh, at all. And they they are. It's a completely redesigned corporate entity. The corporation will be I mean, Facebook, if, if Facebook wanted to
1: right now, they could be the government. You would never see, look, look. Elizabeth Warren came out and said she wants to break up big tech, right? Mm-hmm. And then what happened almost right away? Facebook took her ads down and then brought them back up later saying, oops, that was a mistake. Was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's scary. YouTube, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Google and Facebook control nearly half. Uh, or, or I believe they control the, the overwhelming majority. Maybe like, uh, I mean, each control around half of the digital ad market. They've just monopolized oh, the whole thing. Biggest ad agency in the world. Yep. So when it comes to the internet, they can make you think whatever they want. You'll never hear a story again. And then, you know, it blows my mind is why these people in media just love it. Defend Google all day and night. You know what's crazy? Uh, a few weeks ago, a bunch of Trump supporters and conservatives had a protest in D.C. called Stop the Bias. Something about, I don't, I don't know what it was about. All I know is they were saying these big corporations are silencing speech. Antifa shut up to protest the American citizens fighting for their rights against corporations. The far left came out to protest not authoritarianism, but American citizens complaining and, and demanding a redress of grievances.
0: <laughs> it's, it's like the, um, uh, what is it, uh, the, the Internet rules that they tried to get passed and uh, Pajit changed from the FCC.
1: Oh, uh, I don't know. But, but, I'll, but I'll say this. When it comes to the talk about, like, China and, you know, 1984 and how the algorithms are manipulating us, think about the kind of content that these people, these Antifa people, see all, all, all day, every day. World War ii imagery, yeah. talks of parallels between mm-hmm. Trump and Nazism. Mm-hmm. Their, Google is whether they're doing it on purpose or not. Are manufacturing people? Twitter is a great example. They create block lists, so you can never see what I have to say. They only ever see the fringe far left, and they are festering in this in this bubble, where they just eventually get big and angry, and then think they're morally just, and then act in defense of these massive corporations. What's the solution? I honestly have no idea. How do, you, how do you tell a company they're not allowed to have free enterprise? How do you tell an individual they're not allowed to have free speech? Uh, I think perhaps there, uh, there was one interesting option put forward. I can't remember which senator did it. He's saying an algorithmic-free mandatory option for all social networks, mm-hmm. meaning you can choose to see things as they are without being manipulated, and then perhaps a guarantee of free speech on these platforms. Now, the conversation has to be had in a very particular way, we can't just say you have to have free speech, but we can say publisher platform, right? Mm-hmm. This is an important distinction because legally there is no publisher or platform distinction. Mm-hmm. The law just says, you know, twi- uh, a, a digital service will not be deemed the speaker of uh, of of something based on a third person, which is a really interesting conundrum in the United States specifically. In Australia, um, I believe a man recently sued media organizations because they posted to Facebook. And then someone commented defamatory information on that post, and he said that was the media company's speech, and Australia said, you're right, it is. Because they created the space for it. They were Mm -hmm. obligated to regulate it. In the U.S., Section 230 Mm -hmm. protects them from this. Mm -hmm. But I ask if that's true and there's no distinction. Why can't... So you're saying that the Wall Street Journal can write, you know, Glenn Beck is an alien and make some ridiculous false claim that Mm -hmm. he's a bigot racist and here's proof. Mm -hmm. Make it all up. You can't sue him? You can, of course. It's liable. You can. But but hold on. Section 230 says you can't. You'd have to sue the individual author, not Wall Street Journal.
0: Right. Because the, they have an editor. And so they look at everything before it goes law to Law doesn't press. say that, though. Pardon me? The, the Section
1: 230 doesn't clarify that. That's the thing. Legally, there's no distinction between platform right. or publisher. So how can we at a, be at a point now where the law accidentally meant gave the New York Times immunity? Right. That doesn't make sense. Right. So there needs to be a clarification, and right. and I will make this point stressing it too. When when the left always says, you know, it's a private business, they can do what they want, I say, that's wonderful. We create new regulations every day. End of story. It, uh, sure, today they can do whatever they want. I'm arguing they shouldn't be able to, mm-hmm. and now we should actually enforce something. Maybe, what, what form regulation takes is a bigger question, but the the point is, just because they can do it now doesn't mean they should be able to. We need to either refine Section 230 to clarify We need to pass laws restricting, you know, um, the banning of speech based on arbitrary, you know, whatever. But, you know, I I guess it it is an extremely complicated problem. It is the development of a new civic within our country that requires the conversation. And simply saying do nothing, it's a private business, I think is the wrong approach.
0: Where is the where is the line where we are not going to know? If free will exists. You <laughs> might be past it already. You know, uh, I'll tell you something creepy.
1: I watch on YouTube anime videos like Dragon Ball Z and One Punch Man. Mm-hmm. And I don't watch politics mm-hmm. for the most part, uh, even though I make polit- political videos. I watch skateboarding and I watch cartoons where mm-hmm. people, Japanese people fight each other. Mm-hmm. And one day I got a video about people living in a van. Van life. And I, th- I thought, that's weird. I've never watched anything having to do with living off the grid or living in a right, van. Right. I clicked it. And I thought, wow, this is actually really interesting. And then all of a sudden, all I, I've been getting recently, every other video is van videos. And I started thinking, why would, why would Google just send me this video? Now, I'll be honest. I ended up building a van. I, I now have mm. a mobile production, you know, slash live, shower in it. because I thought it was a great idea. But something else happened. This woman, her name is like Janelle Elena. In, in a couple weeks with only two videos has like 1.5 million subscribers on YouTube. It's one of the fastest growing channels ever for the amount of content she put out, which is none. And now a lot of people are saying they believe it's an industry plant. I'm not saying that's true. At the very least, we can say though, whether on purpose or on accident, the algorithm is putting in the minds of young people not to buy homes and to live in vans. And think about what that's going to do to the housing market in 10 years when millennials are like, I'd rather live in a van. It sounds fun. Nobody's right now, millennials aren't buying homes because they can't afford it. So, what happens then when no one can sell a home? The market bottoms out, everyone's investments destroyed. See, that's where people
0: don't understand this. For instance, um, it's my understanding that Amazon is really looking to the future of just being a shipping company, Mm -hmm. a prediction and shipping company. Once they have enough in their algorithm to predict you 90%, 95% of the time they'll just start shipping stuff before you even want to order it and oh, it'll yeah. be there and if you want it you'll you'll keep it and pay for it if not you'll ship it back but do i really want it or did they shape me exactly. with their ads that are were aligned directly to me
1: well there are two two things first there's a story of a father received uh, uh he picked the mail up from his house and there was some some coupons for his daughter for maternity items I got it, he, yeah.
0: You know the story. Yeah, but tell it anyway.
1: He got angry because he was like, why are they advertising to my young daughter? She should be a mother. And it turned out they actually knew she was already pregnant mm-hmm. because of the things she was looking at online, the things she was saying. They didn't mean anything by it. They were like, oh, she'll probably want this, not realizing. But th- what, what's really scary is, you know, a lot of people believe that Facebook spies on them because you'll be talking about something and then you'll go on Facebook and see an ad for that very thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you're thinking like they had to have been listening to me. It's, that's actually, that's very naive. The reality is scarier. Facebook can predict your behavior so well, they knew you were going to talk about it. And this is true. There was an article that said YouTube, uh, I'm sorry, Facebook knows where you're gonna eat lunch with a ridiculous accuracy. They know when you use the bathroom, they can predict all of these things about you. And so they're not spying on you, they don't need to. When you said to your, you know, to your your dad or whatever, man, I'm really interested in getting that, that new telecaster I saw at the Guitar Center, and then all of a sudden you see an ad for it, it's because the behaviors before seemingly irrelevant. I like nachos. It's raining. Those behaviors are associated with someone wanting to buy a guitar. Somehow, in some way, we don't understand. The AI does. So you think they're listening to you? No. They're predicting your behavior. Now, you combine that with shaping behavior, and it could be as simple as if we show you the post about nachos, we know you'll vote for Obama or or whoever, Mm -hmm. right? You might not think seeing endless posts about Taco Bell will Mm -hmm. impact you in a certain way, so you'll never question it. But they know those seemingly, you know, irrelevant things do guide your behavior. You know, what's what's scary is how they can control the stock market. They can control, which they, they can, They you know, it's funny. Well, if, AI is most, uh,
0: most of the stock market now is AI. Right, right, right.
1: But think of it this way. If they really wanted to uh, Twitter, Google, Facebook, whatever, combat global warming or whatever, mm-hmm. they could snap their fingers and you'd only see news, you'd only see mm-hmm. comments, you'd only see opinions. They could easily restrict or limit speech. They're doing it. Mm-hmm. On Twitter, you know, people are shadow banned. Mm-hmm. On, uh, on YouTube, on, I'm sorry, I always mix them. Google, you type in a search term, won't appear. Right? So, like, uh, one, one common thing right now is you go on Google, type in Ilhan Omar marriage, nothing comes up. You go on DuckDuckGo, marriage fraud pops up first thing. Because that's the question people are asking. Google is manipulating what people can see and shaping our behaviors. They call it the good censor. That's the document that was leaked and presented by Ted Cruz in Congress. They know what they're doing. And what's scary is the example of, you know, Hitler and and the Hulk. They think they're guiding you in a direction that makes sense.
0: They don't know. And you're not proposing that you do know. Oh, I don't. You're just. Yeah. You know, it's
1: really funny. Um, People always say, like, you know, YouTube's coming to get me. I'm next. I'm going to get censored. And I'm like, listen, you got to understand YouTube they could get rid of me at any moment. They've definitely de-ranked independent mm-hmm. commentary, mm-hmm. but my channel is doing better than ever. So if, if their intention is to get rid of my voice, I don't think so. Actually, I have a theory on this, which is kind of a sidestep. Um, the media calls me right wing. I'm clearly not, mm-hmm. you know, uh, at, centrist at the very least. Mm-hmm. But a lot of, you know, I'm supporting mm-hmm. Tulsi Gabbard and Andrew Yang. Um, but you know what they want to happen? They want the wheel to shift over. They want me to be conservative so that you, Glenn, are a fringe far-right extremist. How do they shift the full opinions of everybody? How do they control that behavior? They start telling everybody slowly Tim Pool's right-wing. They prop up my YouTube channel and then call it right-wing so it's the only thing people can see, and then people get this view of a moderate liberal as conservative, and it shifts the whole wheel to the left. Wow. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it's on purpose. It's an I'm, Overton
0: window move.
1: Right. So right now I look at, like, Tucker Carlson, you know, he's conservative, I'm definitely to the left of him and Ben Shapiro, but Ben Shapiro won't use the proper pronouns for a trans person. I actually do because I'm actually a liberal. They'll now ban Ben Shapiro. Eventually he's high profile. So they have to wait this one out, Mm -hmm. but they're going to, they're banning all the lower, lower tiered individuals who have Mm -hmm. less followers, who have no Mm -hmm. protection and no chance of rectifying this for misgendering. And they say, but you broke the rules of a private platform. Once they're all gone, then they say, but Tim Poole is a conservative now there's nothing to the right of me but the, the extremists who are banned, and then the whole wheel shifts over one degree.
0: So, why hasn't, why hasn't anyone done anything to uh, at least build another platform? Why is they there... have
1: they have they have yeah, absolutely? Um, and I think it requires people to use them, right? So I've I used to have the Twitter logo in my video thumbnails on YouTube because I want people to follow me. I now use the Minds logo, M-I-N-D-S. Um, Minds is kind of like Facebook, YouTube. You can upload video. It's kind of like Facebook, but it's decentralized, encrypted, privacy, free speech. You don't get banned for offensive content. If you post egregiously offensive things that are like not safe for work, you get a not safe for work tag, which means people have to turn the filter on to see it. Not a big deal, right? So they've got, I think, a couple million users. I actually, uh, I'm working... Um, with the uh, CEO on a on a side, on a separate project, a news venture, so it's it's happening, right? You've got BitChute, which is video hosting, which is doing pretty well, uh, and then you've which is kind of like a YouTube alternative. You've got Gab and Parlay, which are Twitter alternatives, and you have Minds. So, you know, here's the thing: if if Donald Trump, right now, signed up for Minds.com, and then posted something related to Iran, mm-hmm. the media would be forced to cover it, and that would the market would just overnight
0: twitter would lose a massive portion of its share its stock would probably go down right but they would also immediately be deemed by by media and social media as Late. a far right extreme platform Late.
1: they already, they're already doing it and i think you know i i i i'm not going to claim these people are doing it on purpose but i am it is disconcerting that you have these journalists acting in defense of massive unaccountable corporations mm-hmm. smearing small businesses decently mm-hmm. small businesses but here's the thing there's another network called the Fediverse, which stands for Federated Universe. It's an open source protocol for social media. You're familiar with Gab, I imagine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gab did something really brilliant, and they overhauled their code and took the open source code from a, from a group, uh, I don't want to call it a company, but an organization called Mastodon. Mastodon is pretty far left, right? They have crazy rules. They even banned Will Wheaton for being a transphobe. And Will Wheaton is like, wow. right, right. We know Will Wheaton's <laughs> kind of far left. So, Mastodon's so- c- code is open source. Gab takes it. Gab federates, meaning any browser that accesses this open source network can get you to Gab. Can Google ban a browser mm. because you can go to a bad website? No. So, now Gab can't be banned or shut down ever. Mm. So, this is, this is a step in, in uh, you know the right direction. Whether you like Gab or not is not the point. I'm not talking about the history of Gab. Just the idea of unbannable networks. What's really interesting about this Fediverse option is that you can make your own social media site called Glenbeck.com. And you can tell people, follow me on the Fediverse, glenn at glennbeck.com, like email or a website. Mm-hmm. No one can ban you because it's your server hosting your speech. The only thing that can take you down is a court order. Mm. So this is this is an alternative to these massive networks and censorship. What it's going to take, though, high-profile individuals using them. So I've been promoting and using mines because it's like, I, I hate Facebook. It's just, ugh, yeah. for so many reasons. But, you know... The easiest path to changing it is if Trump right now, if Trump made a post on any one of these platforms, be it Gab, Minds, Bitchute, whatever, the media would have no choice but to show it front and center on every channel, on every website. And then, you know, you know, Twitter was bleeding users for a while. Mm-hmm. And then Trump came in, Phew, pro- pro- helped prop it back up because now there was a reason to be on the platform. They're still kind of losing users. But until high profile people say, I'm going to use something else, well, they control everything, you know.
0: I want to switch gears and keep it focused on what we're facing in this election right now. For instance, um, I've been warning the audience of deep fakes for a long time. Once it's like people said in Germany, you know, in, uh, in 1925, nobody knew what hyperinflation was Mm -hmm. 1928 by 29 that's all anyone was talking about, you know, uh, and I think it's going to be that way with the first deepfake, the first real deepfake.
1: I kind of, I kind of think deepfakes are going to be a really good thing for us, and I, I, I you know, sometimes the solution to problems are counterintuitive.
0: Hey, okay, wait, wait, wait! I, I think long term you may be right, and I want to hear your theory on that. Yeah. But I'm talking about the first real critical moment deepfake that everybody thinks is real and could change an election or could start a war. First one. I think it'll be a good thing. Do you? Why? So, I mean, look at Covington. Remember that Covington? That wasn't,
1: that was real footage. (laughs) Right. And so because it was real footage, there was no fact checking to determine whether or not what actually happened was real. They said, of course, it's real. We've seen the footage. Now, what happens when a video comes out of Trump saying something nightmarish and dangerous, and then in three or four days, it turns out to be completely fake? We need something to get I guess I don't, I don't know if journalists will ever get back on track on this one for whatever reason, but we need to get to a point where people are less trusting of random videos they see on the internet. So once we get that first big deep fake and the media says, Oh my that's that was fake? Whoa, then people might take a step back for every other video following that. So we we need we need something to say legitimately stop believing
0: everything you see.
1: Because you know, you can take a video and it's so easy to strip out not just the context of the sentence but the cultural context surrounding the conversation. So
0: it's it's amazing Um, what DARPA is trying to do right now. darpas I'm sure you know more than I do, um, working on deep fakes because they want to be able to have this algorithm that can spot them and then mark them as deep fakes. Well, that what you're talking about is true. I don't need we don't need a little approved by marking we need to have people go back and say wait a minute does that make sense where's right. the original source give me more of that you know because you're exactly right you don't have to fake someone saying it i've been taken out of context you've been taken out of context for over a decade oh, yeah. i've been to have four decades of me it's
1: just as damaging What's really interesting about uh, context, too, is it's not just the paragraph you said, right? Like if you were to say something like, you know, George Washington is quoted as saying in a sentence, they can take that sentence and then say you said it. It's actually the cultural context, too. So in one instance, there was a particular news story The New York Times put out, specifically The New York Times. And then there was commentary on it from an Internet figure. I said, I don't trust The New York Times, you know, but I do trust so and so. The cultural context was that that week, a story came out that was, you know, you know, hard to believe. And I wasn't saying I just don't trust the New York Times, period. It was in that week we were talking about one issue. And right. so it's not even, you know, so it's, it's true. In that instance, I didn't trust them. But people will uh-huh. take that and they use it. Right. I, 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 here's the thing. Our society is extremely sensitive to whatever pops up on the Internet at whatever moment. You know, right. there's, there's a story right now of Macy's canceling plates. Because one person complained. Our businesses need to get to the point, corporations, marketing, and people, to where they just say, "I don't care about your tweets. I don't care about your video on the internet."
0: So that's what I where I kind of wanted to go. I was reading a book, and I can't remember what it was. I read it uh, over the summer, and it it had uh, it, it was about how the internet, how some people, uh, not coordinated, just took someone by association. And said, that person's bad, so this person must oh, be bad. Okay? Every day. Every day. So this person was being destroyed, and just a regular citizen. Mm-hmm. So somebody in the tech world decided the way to fight this is to fight it with fire hose of, of fire. Just say everything about this person from the believable to the absolutely outrageous and just make it uh, through algorithms viral. So it's everywhere. And that way, nothing had meaning anymore, right. um, and and in some ways, I kind of feel like that's where we're headed. Not necessarily that somebody's doing it, but because everybody's a racist, everybody's yeah. whatever, it's going to come to a place to where it's a little boy who cried wolf. It's not going to mean anything anymore. But you know what? What what's
1: worrying is. I already feel that way as somebody who watches a wide, you know, yeah. swath of different news from left to right. Right. But there are people on Twitter who, who purposefully block dissenting opinion and only follow people on yes. the left. It's, yes. it's, it's this is a uniquely left thing to do. And so, you know, you'll see something like there's an interview I did with some alt-right people and they prop that up as proof. I'm secretly friends with these people. I'm not. I've done interviews with a former Soviet general, with refugees, but you take one photograph and then when you isolate yourself these people lose their minds and so it's one of the reasons why I can't go on the ground and cover things the way I used to and now I'm doing you know more political commentary and working on like documentary stuff because big breaking news stories these people believe insane things about me because they're in isolated groups and you'll have one or two people who know they're lying but they don't care the ends justify the means by any means necessary and that's that's the way they operate so Antifa again yeah 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 and it, it's 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 kind of crazy, you know, in 2011, the first time I got attacked, this may have been early 2012, by, uh, you know, black-block anarchist type, MSNBC had me on. And they said, wow, how could this have happened? Today, where are they at? They're, they're tacitly supporting it, ignoring it at the very least, and we're seeing high-profile individuals prop them up and praise them. We just had uh, The Guardian did a, a piece, I believe, recently on the John Brown Gun Club. That guy who attacked the ICE facility was a member of that of anti that Antifa organization, and they're getting a, a piece praising them. I mean, CNN even, uh, uh, it was, um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he has a show on CNN and he was saying you can donate to them. I, could, I, I could be wrong about that, but this was before the attack. Okay. At the very least, I'm surprised that, could you imagine, are you familiar with the Oath Keepers? Mm-hmm. Are you, could you imagine if CNN no. was like, everybody donate to the Oath Keepers? Right. Like that'd be, wh- why? Right. <laughs> but, but they do it with Antifa. You know, and uh, how, many, how many pieces did we get? There was a CNN piece said, Antifa seeks peace, peace through violence. Ah! That's a, that was a, they, they changed the headline eventually. But they, 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 you know what, they want to hate Trump so much, they disagree with whatever he says, no matter what he says, even if they're going to be wrong about it in the end. Just because that's what they, I, for whatever reason, that's what they're
0: after. And then they end up supporting extremists. What do you, quickly, because I've got very little time, What do you think of uh, what's happening on the ground? Are people waking up on both sides? Normal people just waking up and going, I don't want any of this. Or are they polarizing and just polarizing? I think a lot of people are
1: who are not conservative are moving to join conservatives. Actually, Vox dot com said in the Andy No scenario, the narrative was divided by left and the center and the right. So here's what I see conservatives and centrists and like moderates are pretty much still in agreement, but the left has veered off in a ridiculous path and the data shows it. It's the New York times, it's Gallup, Pew, Ac- mm-hmm. uh, uh, Axios Quartz. All of these polls are the same thing. So not my opinion. The left has gone far, far left. And, and when media traces after them, they're, they're going
0: nuts. But too. are those people who were kind of on the moderate left who are Democrats? Are they peeling off or are they going with them? I think they're going to the right. A lot of them, uh,
1: you know, my friends who are, you know, were Bernie supporters in 2016, count me out. They're gone. And then you have a lot of people who are now voted for Obama. Now they're calling it walk away. They're saying they're they're with Trump now. Back in a minute.
0: Let me switch to. Uh. AI, AGI, ASI. Um, <clears throat> Elon Musk, I think, is in it. What's your opinion on Elon Musk? Um, I mean, there's a lot to criticize him for, I guess, yeah. but I think he's hilarious. I do too. right yeah. he's kind of like, he's like a real version of Tony Stark that's living the life that a you billionaire. Know, you, if you were you a billionaire, know, well, you'd like to. I, live. I tweeted at him. Yeah,
1: in, uh, jokingly. Hey, Elon Musk, why haven't you built yourself an Iron Man suit yet? Right. And he responded, working on Starship.
0: That's great. That's great. <laughs> and
1: it got, it went like right. decently viral, and right. people were really excited that he, you know, he, he's he's a funny guy. He interacts, yeah, he you is. know.
0: Yeah. So um, uh, he was talking about, uh, oh shoot, I can't neural net, yeah, Neuralink, Neuralink. I was going to bring this up. This is a potential solution, right now. Maybe <laughs> this is what's amazing. Maybe, maybe I've got I've always got the catastrophe side for you. So give me the hope side. Well, I'm going to give you the cat- catastrophe side. Oh. Okay. I know that one. I'll give you both. I'll give you both. Yeah. Um, my daughter is currently, she's gone through a year of testing uh, to be able to have the implants put into her brain. Uh, for Neuralink? Uh, not for Neuralink. I, I want to call Elon or write to mm-hmm. Elon and say, uh, hey, can, can she test? Yeah. Um, she's got the uh, current technology, which his is going to be 10,000 10, yeah. times more powerful uh, but it carries with it great promises. Oh yeah, but also some really dark stuff. Well,
1: the you know what I'm hoping for? What man? If you like VR, imagine if you could actually just link your brain to a computer and then be in the Matrix world. Now, the <laughs> right. Matrix is a scary movie, but what I mean is like imagine that fake reality of you could be Superman. I'm sure people mm-hmm. would love to come home from work and just feel powerful for a few mm-hmm. minutes, flying around, shooting mm-hmm. laser beams. That sounds fun. In uh, reality, one of the hopeful things is that by being connected to the net, we won't be overtaken by the net. Correct. Our our, com- our brain computation will be in sync. But here's the here's the the more nightmare scenario. The first one is I, I go back to the Hitler dancing with Hulk thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just be- we hook our brains into that. Who mm-hmm. knows what our like, imagine you think you're going to you're going to go into a VR world to be Superman, and instead it's a nightmare trip of like mm-hmm. talking, you know, hammers <laughs> exploding <laughs> right. and just weird nonsense. Right. You ever watched Star Trek? Mm hmm. You know the Borg? Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I could be getting my, my lore wrong, but my understanding is the Borg started out like humans, integrated themselves into technology, and eventually it formed a hive mind where they're mm-hmm. no longer individuals.
0: That's exactly how I described it to a friend over yeah. the weekend. It's a, it's a, it is eventually a hive mind. Yep. Uh, almost there already. Yeah. Twitter.
1: You know, um, we're not integrated at the speed of light the speed of mm-hmm. electricity. But we open up our phones and we look at that Twitter feed and we're connected to that network immediately to see their thoughts and opinions. Correct. What happens when it's all instant to our brains and we can Correct. hear everything.
0: And when it's two directions. Maybe... When, I mean, you want to talk about algorithms just nudging you. I mean, if you read Cass Sunstein's work on nudge, that's dinosaur stuff.
1: It, You know, it sounds bad
0: too, but I could... Maybe envision it being a good thing in some ways. You know, a lot of Craig, we'd be able to speak. I mean, he he talks about being able to affect uh, language. As far as yeah. I mean, I could go to, I could go visit, you know, Russia and speak Russian and understand yeah. it, and it would, and it would well, somehow you'd be speaking or another. English,
1: they'd be speaking Russian, but you'd both hear the correct. correct. But I also think you know, one of the biggest problems in politics is the inability to understand the worldview of the other person. What if we did? Yeah. What if you are like that's what you think, and then they re- and uh, so I'll I'll put it in the um, I guess like the beneficial way to conservatives. Imagine all the liberals are stupid and wrong, and all of a sudden one day their eyes were opened to the to everything you knew.
0: Let me use yeah, your let me use your Star Trek analogy. Yeah. Did you ever see the Vulcan mind meld work out poorly? I mean, I don't when think so, he, right? I don't yeah, know. I mean he was I mean, he was always like. Vulcan mind and he would come away with some great Right. Oh, I understand death. I understand right, right. fear. In in reality, I think,
1: you know, left, right, up, down, religious, a religious, whatever, right. will will really understand the perspectives of people and everything if they can truly communicate more quickly and, and you know, uh, when it comes to human speech, look I've got fifteen billion ideas in my head and I can bring them out in this tiny little string mm-hmm. that's really hard. So you know, it's it's I can tell a liberal Think of all those dumb conservatives, and all of a sudden they know everything you know. That sounds great, doesn't it? Because then they'll mm. then then they'll know you're right, right? Mm-hmm. And you can say the same to conservatives. In reality, everybody will learn from everybody, and maybe stop being at each other's throats. Although, admittedly, it's like it's the far
0: left and the fringe wackos, But isn't it? The same thing, though. With um, I mean, I don't know where you stand on uh, on Libra, but <laughs> right? No, but isn't way. this isn't this Libra for the brain? Who's controlling exactly? You know, if I if you know, Stephen Hawking was so misunderstood at the end of his life. I believe he was absolutely right. By 2050, there's a good chance that homo sapiens don't exist. doesn't mean man doesn't exist. It means what we define right. as a homo sapien today does not exist because no, of stuff like this. But if, Isn't, if they can control, if they're controlling speech, Libra can say, oh, well, you're not you're 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 no longer tolerable you're bad for the community it's, it's, Libra's scary Libra's scary first but isn't this the same though also with the brain oh, absolutely absolutely
1: just turn you you're a monkey that's, now that's why I, I think Neuralink is fun for video games and for you choosing what you connect to, but this like constantly on system it's kind of scary but li- so I'll tell you why Libra's terrifying Mastercard. A co- depending on your source, there's a, it's disputed a bit between Patreon and Mastercard. But Patreon says mm-hmm. Mastercard reached out. You said you had you have to ban this man Robert Spencer. I believe Robert Spencer's name. Mm-hmm. He's an anti jihad sc- mm-hmm. You know you're familiar. Oh yeah, he used to advise presidents. Right. They said ban him. Mm-hmm. Patreon said I'm I'm sorry. Mastercard forced us to do it. Mastercard I think denied it. But so what happens when banking institutions can tell you you can't use this anymore? Now it gets worse. One of the things they're proposing with Libra is speeding up transactions by using Libra so Mastercard when Mastercard wants to send money from the United States from their bank they transfer it through all these different you know systems and there's like regulation attached to it with Libra it's a finger snap it's just a quick currency through Facebook what happens when Facebook bans you for being an extremist right and then you take your Mastercard and you swipe it at a gas station, and it says denied, and you call MasterCard, they say, well, we use Libra to do exchanges, and you're banned from Libra, so look, you're, we, we, we have no problem with you. You can use MasterCard all you want. Unfortunately, Libra is our intermediary, and you're banned, so you can't use this card anymore. It so is now Facebook right. is in between everything you do and can choose to shut you're you down.
0: Seeing this, you're seeing this already being pushed by state governments with uh, Cuomo saying to the, the financial center of, of the world, saying, hey, by the way, we have to send in our state regulators and we, we're not telling you how to do business, but we think some of these guys who are making guns or selling guns are kind of suspicious. So it will probably extend your examination every year. Nobody wants that hassle. Yep. And so there he's saying, but you can avoid all that. If you just don't do business. Exactly. And they are following that. Yeah, it's authoritarianism. It it's, is. It's tyranny. But again, without the government's involvement. Outsourcing the tyranny. Right.
1: This is what's what I find really scary about big tech. And especially whatever, you know... What's really worrying to me are these people who defend Google and Twitter and Facebook. I'm like, Elizabeth Warren is coming after them. Mm-hmm. Don't you like Elizabeth Warren?
0: Mm-hmm. Like, well, For whatever reason, you know, so. Um, but, but even I worry about that um, because of history with uh, FDR. I mean, FDR wanted regulation. So let's go to Ford and GM and uh, and Chrysler and ask them how we should regulate. Well, they put all of the small people out of business. It bothers me that that yeah. Zuckerberg is saying, hey, we need regulation. Well, who are we going to go to? He's trying to, right. right. He, wants He's to steering he wants to be the
1: advisor. One, one of the, the, the more terrifying things, if we don't have AI, is China. So there was an interesting point made, I think it was Sam Harris's podcast, where um, something to the effect of, the moment that AI defeated, I think Kasparov or whatever the mm-hmm, greatest chess mm-hmm. player, there was there will never be a chess player who can beat our best AI. Mm-hmm. Period. What happens if China beats us to the race and then declares war? They declare war because what is it? What did Sun Tzu say? Decl- right. de- yeah. Win before declaring war mm-hmm. or something like that effect. So if they have the AI, they know our output. They know our the, the known knowns, the unknown unknowns, etc and then the AI says you have an 87% chance of victory, declare war and follow these steps, and the U.S. can't counter that artificial intelligence, China takes over the world, you know?
0: Uh, are you, uh, do you believe that we will get to AGI? What is Art- A- what is? Okay, so AI is artificial intelligence, which is what, what we have. Mm-hmm. What you're talking about is at least artificial general intelligence, where, you know, Kasparov was beaten by AI, but it's, it's right, very right, right. narrow. It can only do that. Exactly. Okay? Yeah. So uh, AGI is something that can look at all of it, and ASI is super intelligence. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, I, absolutely. You know, one, one of the things that's really interesting I tell people
1: is um, what makes humans better than computers is that when you need to screw something into a piece of wood, a screw, mm-hmm. a screwdriver, mm-hmm. we take it, we say the pointy end goes into the hole, and then we twist mm-hmm. until it feels right. Mm-hmm. we do no we do very little calculations but in, but computers when they do this have to calculate literally every step mm-hmm. so when the AI defeats Kasparov it literally calculates all of the it calculates all of these different outcomes mm-hmm. wasting time and energy if it had general intelligence which I'm, I'm I believe I could be in the right spaces they could make more assumptions and skip off the wasted time and energy and move faster and
0: more quickly and more directed so well when you add quantum computing oh then it's then, then it's everything at once. At once. You know it's really funny is a
1: side note, um, are you familiar with Magic the Gathering? No. It's a, a strategy card game. It's a fantasy strategy card game. It's similar in ROM to like Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. AI can't win because it's just got so many variables that the computer has to calculate way too much whereas a human with general intelligence ignores the wasted time and energy. So... Uh, The game works like this. You have 60 cards in each deck. You have a certain amount. You can only have four of each individual card. So the human thinks, I'm playing against this opponent in a professional game. I know the likelihood they'll use a certain card. Why would they use this really bad card in their deck? They wouldn't. I'll ignore that. The possibility doesn't exist to me. It's very simple, then, for the human to go up against a human. The computer has to calculate 13,000 different cards. Because it doesn't understand if someone would or wouldn't use one. Because it doesn't have the general understanding, the context... The the the, the game enough
0: it doesn't have enough input yet.
1: Right. So for the time being, if it's a very po- it's one of the most popular card games in the world. I think in terms of physical card games, if a computer can't win that game, I'm not super concerned about global warfare because that's infinitely more complicated.
0: Well, they've yeah. won Go, which is yeah, right. A Chinese game that they were. This is what is concerning. It's not that they can play those games. It's when the Go masters in China when they did lose to the, they thought that it was cheating because it they w- it was playing it in a way that no human right. had ever seen yeah. so it's w- what we're dealing with is alien thinking it's like yep, exactly. alien life we yeah. don't we can't predict it we don't know what it's going to do because it's not going to think like us
1: that's 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 another thing i tell people they assume uh, a lot of people I, I, not the experts, obviously, but they assume a Terminator scenario where the robots decide to destroy humans. No, 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 no. If you know what would happen before the Terminator? The Matrix. They wouldn't, but you don't happen before the What would happen before the Matrix is a bunch of happy humans gleefully serving their robot overlords, thinking ignorance is like not realizing mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Like this is really great. You know, you know, Olgotron, the giant robot overlord, loves us and we please him, mm-hmm. not realizing they've been manipulated, our behaviors, you know. At this, you know what? I'll say this. Isn't ignorance bliss, though? Wouldn't it be great just to to bow to your giant robot AI and not not be aware at all that you're a, you're a slave?
0: No, That's just, the way people are now. A lot of people. <laughs> in ways. Yep. Yeah. And, and It's being built. It's not there, but it's being built. And they are, I remember in 19, in the 1990s saying, there's no freaking way I'll ever give my fingerprints to the government. <laughs> Never. Now you're like, on my phone, beep. Yeah. Now I'm like, my face. Ugh. Yep, and in, in two thousand, I was talking about facial recognition, saying this is really dangerous down the road. I mean, we're, and now we're doing it,
1: isn't? Weren't social security numbers like shocking yeah. to people when they came out? Like you want me, you want the government to number me? Correct. Now we're like, we get a card when we're born. It's normal. Right. You know, uh, we're we're walking down that path towards the Borg, I guess, unless we blow ourselves up or something before that. I actually think. Um, you know, World War Three type scenarios of, like, international nuclear war, it's ridiculously unlikely due to the decaying nature of borders. So what's really interesting about the idea of borders today is, you know, you mentioned how they said there won't be any, you know, it's really... Listen, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, if you went to Canada and did something to make money, you're in violation of your tourist visa. Today, I make money through the internet. Mm-hmm. When I go to Canada, Americans paying me. Americans, you know, are, are the ones paying me, not Canadians. Mm-hmm. So I can I can buy a house in whatever country I want and do the exact same work mm-hmm. legally. And it's it's really really weird because it gets even weird. I'll say this: I have people in the UK who donate to me through like um, you know PayPal or whatever. I used to use Patreon, I don't use Patreon anymore. If I go to the UK and make a video about delicious you know UK beer or something, and then I receive a donation from a British person, did I just violate a tourist visa? A British oh. citizen paid me in exchange for producing content, but they paid an American company, which then relayed the money to me. Right? It's it gets, it gets, it's it's things are are starting to break down in terms of when if if we move off of a production based economy for the most part, anybody who does a job that involves information can live wherever they want and work. You've got American companies that hire developers like digital coders and stuff in in Romania, and they can pay them. It's because mainly because of the information.
0: It's not. You can't really pin down where, who you are, where you—not who you are, but yeah, where you, where that's supposed to go and how it works, right? You know the theory of (laughs) (laughs) rehypothecation. Rehypothecation is my signal. Head to the mountain. Whenever you read the word rehypothecation in a news story, run for your life. There's not enough gold for all the money that everybody has. The, oh right, right. You know the banks have been, you know, well,
1: it's all it's all fiat, it's all fake, it's, yeah, all, fake. it's all just
0: so now backed by guns and oil, I guess. Right. So it's now so now when Germany demanded their their money their gold from the Fed, it took them five years to give it. Okay. <laughs> They're like, and the gold. Fed was like, "We're not going to do this for everyone." Right, because there's not enough gold for right, everybody. Right. Okay. You you, you, we printed more. You did more than what you have in gold. But this is, goes with all of it. When you have the, the bundles, the tranches, if you will, of CDOs and mortgages and everything else. I have a mortgage with Chase Manhattan. But Chase Manhattan has sold it to somebody right, else. Right. Yet they're keeping that on their balance sheets yep. as well as an asset. Then this bank sells it to they. They've got the asset. So this bank owns the house, this bank owns the house, this bank owns the house, and you own the house. Yep. Who owns the house? Rehypothecation is, uh, crap. We have to figure this out. There's no figuring that out.
1: No, I don't think so. I think, like, uh, it's an ever-exploitable system where people are going to figure out how to sell one thing over another, and, um, it's... This is probably derailing, but it reminds me of what uh, these media companies were doing with what's called uh, Traffic Assignment, where without naming any companies to avoid litigation,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: uh, some very prominent high-profile media companies would buy the assignment of viewership from a clickbait website. So you had, you know, um, oh, my God, there was one that was called like luckyfarmer.com. I kid you not, like some ridiculous name. Mm-hmm. And they would put up those, the, those articles where it's like 25 celebrities who look crazy. Mm-hmm. And every time you want to see a new photo, it's a new page. They're farming those clicks. Then they sell the assignment to a major network who then claims we got a billion views this month. And they go to advertisers and say, we got a billion views. Don't you want to buy ads with us when they only had a million? Mm-hmm. So it's. The, the, the media economy was being built on fake numbers and a manipulation. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was reminded of this just because when you're talking about all these different banks owning different things, what I see are different companies trying to figure out how they can sell something again.
0: Mm-hmm. Is this
1: valuable to you? Mm-hmm. So the clickbait website already made money off that view. Now they can claim the view is part of a network. And now the bigger company can say our network got X views and your ads will sell against those. So they're like selling ads twice. It's just ridiculous. And that's another reason why these companies kind of started to fall apart. Because eventually, if someone pulls the pin on that one bank, and then he says, okay, we got to ask the next bank, we got to ask the next right. bank, and then eventually it comes back to you,
0: you know, and the fuse. Um, all right. just real quick. You've already, we have run a longer podcast than oh, great. ever, ever before. <laughs> uh, and I talk to you for another two hours. Um, uh. Let me just do some real quick uh, rapid fire. Twenty thirty, more free, less free, Americans. Less uh, obliviously less free. Um, uh, press. Uh, better or worse? Twenty twenty five. Ooh, that's a tough
1: one. Um, the the I think we're gonna see a. a the press is becoming more and more
0: independent, personality-based.
1: So I think it'll be not better or worse. Just very different.
0: Who is president in 2021? Trump. You say that with such conviction.
1: I, uh, look, I'm not a fan of the guy. That's fine. He's done some things I think are good. He's done a, mm. he's done, he's, his, his character, his <laughs> foreign policy, I'll be very critical of. Yeah. But if you think there's any charismatic Democrat today who's on that stage, is going to beat Trump, I... I'll take that bet any day of the week.
0: Thing that keeps you awake at night? No oh, awake. man. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Thing I, on the horizon you most worry about? Let me rephrase it. Um, I'm little things, really. You know, I... I. So freedom of speech, the loss of free speech, is not something that keeps you awake at night. It's Constantly there saying, how can we figure this out? How can we figure this well, out?
1: Well, I guess, you know... Nothing keeps me awake at night because I'm very anar- an- an- anarchistic still in my personality. I am ready to go live in the mountains with a dog and go yeah. hunting for food. So it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. you want to tear down your society, you know. Um, but I, I do think big tech is the most pressing issue
0: right now. Okay. Um, thing that you're most excited about with tech. Thing that you think nobody is really.
1: link s- virtual reality. I'd, I'd love to fly around a Superman for, you know. Punching bad guys and shooting laser beams—wouldn't that sound sound like fun? A good relaxing, and you know, there's there's a lot of other things they can do, like downloading, like in the Matrix, downloading kung fu, becoming a master at like. Think about you know, I want to learn how to play tennis. You just plug in and download tennis, and all of a sudden you're champion. You wouldn't be champion because everybody would be be good. You'd be good, right? You'd (laughs) You'd be good. you would be good. Everybody, everybody, you wouldn't be that good because your muscles would still need to be, you know, but you'd know a lot. You could learn faster. That sounds exciting.
0: Last question. Will you come back again? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Great. Great to talk to you. Thanks. Likewise. Appreciate it. Thank you. Just a reminder I'd love you to rate and subscribe to the podcast and pass this on to a friend so it can be discovered by other people.